Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, Mike Grimm chats with former Gopher football coach Jerry Kill about his new book and what he's been up to since stepping down as coach, and I get the scoop from Andrew Zimmern on his new show, Driven by Food. But first, to be or not to be? That was the question at the state capitol this week as lawmakers held a pre-session hearing on Governor Mark Dayton's executive order that aims to reduce farmers' use of certain chemicals that could harm bees and other pollinators. MNN's Bill Werner suggested that very bad opening pun and joins us now with more info on what is an important topic. Sorry about that, Scott. I know it's kind of childish. I couldn't resist stealing from Shakespeare. But the issue of neonicotinoid pollution, if you will, is a very serious one in Minnesota. And rural lawmakers on both sides of the aisle are by no means in complete agreement with what the governor wants to do. Representative Paul Anderson from Starbuck chairs the Agriculture Policy Committee in the Minnesota House. It came kind of uh, as a surprise and just exactly what the order uh, entailed. We heard from the department that they've uh, taken input and going back, oh, you know, a couple of years and, and uh, done their homework, come up with a study, and uh, the executive order is kind of the next step in putting together all these different groups they're going to be working with to come up with some, some strategies for uh, reducing the, the stress, the potential stress of neonicotinoids. But uh, I think there's still that that uh, thought in the back of a lot of farmers' minds that that uh, a lot of folks view this as a, as a nasty, bad chemical, and they want to take it out of our toolbox so we can't use it anymore. And, and so I think that's, that's the bottom line concern of agriculture. Is there any sort of legislative intervention that's anticipated? Because this is an executive order. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, the one thing that was made clear was that uh, they cannot go ahead and regulate seed treatments, which has all along been my main concern about all this talk. Uh, you know, seed treatments are not regulated as a pesticide. They're a, a, a particle when they're on the, on the seed and not regulated. So in order to do that, uh, Minnesota would have to have uh, approval from the legislature. So a lot of these things they would need approval for to go forward with them and we don't want to lose the, the use of the chemical because going back to some of the older ones and some of the trade names, Viridan, Thymat, those, those older chemicals were much more toxic in terms of danger to human life. Neonicotinoids, strangely enough, are, are not uh, toxic to humans, but, but they are very toxic to, to pollinators. So that's kind of the, uh, the paradox here. So where do you see this going, ultimately, Mr. Chairman? Is there any sort of middle ground that you can see at this point? Let's work together, talk about these things, and come up with solutions that uh, are not uh, detrimental to farming and yet also help uh, the survival rate of, of bees and pollinators. That's State Representative Paul Anderson from Starbuck. Defending the approach that the governor wants to take is State Agriculture Commissioner Dave Fredrickson, who tells us. There are no tools that are being removed from the toolbox. All of the tools that are presently available will continue to be available to farmers. The last thing the governor would want to do was disrupt an economic system, uh, the economic system of agriculture, uh, by removing a tool until something 
better comes along. And sometimes uh, moving public policy uh, will move uh, uh, companies to quickly uh, do something about products that they have out there. Nobody wants to kill bees. I, I think if you polled everyone and said, what do you think? Should we just go out and spray bees? You would get 100% of the people saying, no, certainly not. And so farmers are in the same situation. Um, and we shouldn't vilify them uh, because they want to grow a crop. Uh, however, just the whole issue of soybean or of uh, seed coatings and the dust that comes off of it. We heard at at the hearing that one of the large companies has now uh, perfected a product that's been available for a few years that will minimize the dust that comes off of the plant during the process of of or the the seed during the process of planting that seed to probably. Uh, uh, 3% of what it does today. And so that's a significant improvement. Uh, that's good news. And uh, if that happens, uh, you know, that's going to solve a, a huge amount of the problems that exist. By having a means of, of limiting how much of that coating gets out into the environment, do you believe that's going to take care of a significant portion of this this no, problem for no, it, It'll just take care of a part of it. The whole issue here on seed coating. First of all, if we're just talking okay. about the executive order, the executive order doesn't address seed coating yes, at all. I understand it's that. not in there. Uh, we're going to come back next year at the legislature and say we think it would be a good idea if the Minnesota Department of Ag had some oversight over that, some regulatory authority. Is the administration's stance on this then? Not a ban on it, but oh Lord, no, it's oh, okay. not a ban okay. on I it. I want to be sure we understood uh, it's that. Verifying the need is one of our responsibilities. We're going to have to, and right now the need is verified by the label. And so, if farmers abide by the label, uh, the label is very specific. It'll have a bee box with a honey bee, which reminds people, oh, I better take a second look at this label, and it clearly tells you when and when not to apply this chemical. We're going to work. Uh, here at the department to raise that level of understanding. Uh, people have to go through pesticide training before farmers before they're able to buy product. We're going to enhance that, I hope, uh, with uh, additional information that brings it more and more and more to the, to the foreground in the minds of, of uh, applicators, whether they're applicators, uh, commercial applicators, or whether they're farmers. And so, Scott, I think we can add the issue of neonicotinoids to the growing list that lawmakers will be debating in 2017. At least that's the buzz right now. I can't believe I said that. Actually, Bill, I can believe you said that, but thank you for that report. More Minnesota Matters after this. As a young teenage boy, I didn't even know what autism was. How do you even spell that? A few years later, I heard that a friend's cousin's son had been diagnosed with autism. I still wasn't sure what that really meant. When I went to college, my roommate's brother had autism. When I moved to the city for work, my best friend called me and told me his son had been diagnosed with autism. We were both in shock. I still remember the day I walked into the house and saw that look on my wife's face. I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget how I felt when she said, our son has autism. Autism is getting closer to home. Today, one in 110 children is diagnosed with autism. That's a 600% increase in the last 20 years. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Minnesota News Network Sports Director Mike Grimm sat down with former Golden Gopher football coach Jerry Kill last week in our Minneapolis studios. The head coach has released his new book titled Chasing Dreams. After Jerry Kill retired from coaching last season from the Gophers, he later took an administrative job within the Kansas State Athletic Department, where he works full-time now. I'm really enjoying it in Manhattan, but I miss, I miss Minnesota. I miss the people. Uh, you know, our family's really here. We have a huge family, and uh, so I miss everybody. But, you know, I don't regret the decision. I made the right decision for Minnesota, uh, the football program. Uh, the football program is in good shape. Uh, you know, the final brick being laid was getting that facility started and got that done. Uh, maybe push some people too hard, but it is what it is. And, uh, and now, you know, I, I really think – um, and I'm not saying this because I left or whatever put pressure on Tracy, but, I, you know, Tracy's publicly said this is a great opportunity because of the schedule and what lies ahead. So made the right decision. Um, you know, did I like making that decision? No. Um, I'm healthier, no question about that. Um, and, uh, you know, my work that I'm doing now, I'm really doing the same stuff except I'm not coaching – on the field and I'm but as far as you know same old thing I'm trying to I, I'm added a, a graphics design person for football I got two recruiting people so I'm doing you know <laughs> doing the same thing and and my job is always felt from administrative side your job is to give everything a coach needs for success you of course as a coach you you took on a lot of rebuilding projects i think you've talked about that the energy that took you talked about it in the book the energy that you poured into every job including minnesota and you know on that on that day where you said you've poured every ounce you have as an and and probably part of why you had to step away was because as that driving force you didn't you mentioned you didn't want to cheat it you you knew that the hours it would take and that stuff as an administrator not that you're not working but is it easier now to say okay I'm I'm am feeling run down here I got to take a step back I got to go home I got to you know rewind so to speak certainly and you know and I chose to take those jobs and they were all hard jobs and so forth but I think the biggest difference to to kind of um, go in more than that question is that coach Snyder all he does is think about football he talks to the media only one day a week and he's up on the fourth floor and nobody's going in to visit with him you know unless it's somebody that's you know given millions and millions of sure. dollars of course but so he doesn't have to do all that other stuff and uh, so that's the you know that's the difference. But building a program, you got to go visit. You got to fundraise. You got to do that. And I wasn't meeting any. Minnesota's treated me unbelievable. The university, but when we went through so many athletic directors and trying to get that building built, I was involved a whole lot. And doing all that, it's nice to be able to do one job, whatever it is. And uh, uh, as it helps, I'm still working. What's amazing i'm still i don't go in at six o'clock and I, i'm going in at 7 30 but i'm still working till 8 8 30 at night uh you know because we practice later and and i'm busy that whole time but you know i don't have to stay up there until 10 or 11 and worry about if the right tackle took the wrong step or <laughs> who's going to get in trouble or that guy I, I can go home and that's somebody else's worries 
Last year, you got to watch your football team, the Golden Gophers, finish the season. Now you're in a di- and, and so that was, a, I'm assuming, a unique experience because you had been a coach. That's really all you had done for your adult life. What's it like now? I know you have one game under your belt as an administrator. You're, you're you know, just to watch it, and not, not have as influence. A coach, don't use that word, administrator. <laughs> yes, yeah, as, as, as a yes, yes. Uh, but take me through how that was the first of the first night where you really. I mean, I know you feel part of it, but it's not like you're telling. Uh, uh, you know your players and coaches, coaches, uh, what what to do. Well, I, I think the big thing is the Gophers are playing at the same time. So on the plane, I'm watching the first quarter of the <laughs> Gophers game, and you know I'm like a fan. You know, come on, we got it. You know, and then <laughs> then I don't get to watch it because the Big Ten Network's not out there. And then the fourth quarter, our video guy gets me puts gets it uh, put on a kind of an iPad type deal, and I got to watch the fourth quarter and. You know, I'm, my passion and everything's with with the Gophers. And then it's like stressed out for two days. Then I, so I get <laughs> we get through that and get a win. And then now we got to go shut down McCaffrey. You know, and uh, so uh, being on the sidelines helped. You know, I walked. I think I put in I don't know how many steps. I think it's close to five miles. So I I walked back and forth and <laughs> you know patted the kids on the tail end. Uh, all the kids call me coach. So uh, they've been great to me, and uh, but I, the thing about it, you're more relaxed because you're not the head coach. I see stuff that I probably never seen as a head coach because I'm so relaxed. And and the problem is I can't go, hey, you right. need to do this or we need to do that or you know I, I can't do that. So that's the difficult thing. Proceeds from the book sales help kills two charitable funds. More with Jerry Kill after this on Minnesota Matters. Who might you save? Your mother, your father, your husband, uncle, aunt, son. Learn fast. F-A-S-T. The sudden signs of a stroke and you could save. Your friend, your best friend, teacher, boss, coach. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911. F-A-S-T. Face, arm, speech, time. That's F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911. The sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in the recovery of your neighbor, the waiter, a fellow shopper, a total stranger, grandmother, grandfather. So learn FAST, the sudden signs of a stroke, then pass it on because you never know who might save you. Your wife, your colleague, teammate, mother. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Hey, it's Flint Lockwood here from Swallow Falls. My friends and I have just discovered these amazing living foodimals. But wait, we've also discovered a crisis that needs our help. According to my calculations, one in five kids in America struggles with hunger. That's almost 17 million kids. Our mission is to help solve hunger by teaming up with the Feeding America Network to get food to kids facing hunger in communities across the country. Feeding America is a nationwide network of food banks, helping connect children and families who face hunger to billions of pounds of food, reaching shelters, schools, and community centers in every county in America, including yours. Help Flint and the Feeding America Network of Food Banks get food to the people who need it in your community. Find your local Feeding America food bank at feedingamerica.org slash hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Mike Grimm continues his sit-down interview with former Gopher coach Jerry Kill from MNN Studios. Jim Bruton is the co-author of Jerry Kill's new book called Chasing Dreams. Kill joins us again in segment two and says he enjoyed putting the book together. You know, he talked to me a couple years before the, the book ever took place, and I go, I don't know. I don't know if I got enough time, and, you know, and, you know, Jim stayed on me, and then Jim didn't say anything about it after I retired, and I called him, and I said, hey, I need, I got the time. Uh, so I, everything in the book he's written, he's done. All I did was uh, during rehab is had my headsets on and did my walking and and uh, a lot of it down in Florida down on the beach, which is easy and relaxing. And uh, he was on the phone and he asked me questions and I answered questions. And then we traveled around uh, to different places. We went where my dad was raised and and, uh, and there's only, I don't know, 100 people maybe there. And uh, all the houses still have outhouses there. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I think Jim got a kick out of that. Uh, so uh, I took him some places he'd probably never been before. So, <laughs> But uh, we enjoyed each other. And uh, But, uh, you know, the big thing about the book, it, it touches so many different areas because I want to help different areas and from business and corporation and from, you know, adversity, epilepsy, uh, my views on where football is going, um, those kind of things. But the most important thing about the book, that all the proceeds, you know, we're not taking any money, and it all goes to the two foundations. And you know, I always tell people, hey, even if you don't like me or the book, buy it. You're helping somebody. <laughs> if you don't like me, you can hang it up, throw darts at it. If you like me, you can keep it and read it. I'm going to guess most of the bookstores here in Minnesota will have this book on the shelves. And is it strange? I mean, everyone talks about, you know, uh, that's been in the spot. Oh, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. Is it strange to look at a cover? You're the, the main feature and then thumb through and read, read about yourself. I really haven't. We did. I read the rough copies. I haven't, I have not read the, the new book really. And, uh, or I haven't, uh, I will in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think the biggest thing is, and I think it's neat that, uh, you know, I went to a lot of places. We had success at a lot of places, but I want to make sure everybody knew who was on the cover of it. And it's, uh, the, the gophers mm-hmm. and, uh, there's a lot of stuff about the gophers in there. So, you know, that's why the first signings here in Minnesota, uh, and, uh, we miss the people. Uh, my wife misses the people and, uh, you know, they're a part of a big family that, uh, we appreciate our time and, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't know what else to say. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's hard, but I got two teams. I don't know, you know, K-State's doing me a favor, let me come down here in the off week. So I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm going to do at the game is that I know I'll have a Jersey or a Minnesota, uh, shirt on all that but I may have to wear my K-State hat so if the people in Manhattan are looking <laughs> in and I got to have something there and right. and it's purple so that's epilepsy yeah colors. Right. and Ben Lieber I was with earlier and mm-hmm. he's a K-State guy so he'll crucify me if I don't have something sure so of course I look like one of them fans you know where they got the divided jersey <laughs> yeah but, but uh I think everybody knows you know my coaching heart and where where it ended and and uh you know, I enjoyed it, and, and I hope I made a difference. You know, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I do know that uh, maybe this tough and sad thing is is that I push people hard to get the facility done, and I probably push some of them too hard. 
but I hope uh, 10 years from now they'll give me a call and say, hey, we understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I did the same thing at Southern Illinois, and when I got elected into the Hall of Fame, uh, there's a lot of people I pushed that, you know, probably weren't very happy with me. Uh, every one of them was there. So uh, I'm hoping someday people understand me. Uh, I'm unique. Uh, I don't think anybody really understands me. I don't think my wife understands me. <laughs> but, uh, hey, we got the shovel in the ground. We put the last brick in, and now it's time for a younger coach, a guy that's got energy with a good staff to to make sure they you know they finish the job, and they will. Make you feel good when you walk by campus and you see all the construction, knowing that you were one of the driving forces there? I haven't been there yet, but oh. I'm getting ready to go. And, and uh, you know, I still, from about a month ago, I was still calling one of the Board of Regents saying, hey, don't <laughs> be cutting the field, you know, short. You know, you're only going to do it once. And then I finally said, hey, you need to. You need to back away. You've caused enough problems in <laughs> Minnesota right now. You don't need to. But if I go there and I don't like what I see, I'm going to tell them. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, but, You're not one to hold back, right? You'll, uh, you'll let them know. No, that's what's probably got me in trouble. And that doesn't mean I don't care about people either. That's just who I am. And, of course. And if you're going to affect change and you're going to turn around a program, I promise all the people when I came in, the letterman, everybody, that – I was going to do it, you know, uh, my way, and I promised them that I would make a difference and make football relevant again. And uh, so, again, I pushed people to do that, and, uh, you know, I hope they respect me down the road. I'm not sure maybe they feel real (laughs) great about me right now, but they'll respect me down the road. I believe that. The new book, Chasing Dreams, can be purchased at most Minnesota-based bookstores and at the usual booksellers online. Scott? Thank you, Mike. More Minnesota Matters after this. Don't you wish that getting your child to eat right, move more, and spend less time in front of a screen could be as easy as pushing a button? It might not be that simple, but you do have more power than you know. And you can maximize that power with proven strategies, tips, and tools from the National Institutes of Health's We Can, or Ways to Enhance Children's Activity and Nutrition program. We Can offers all kinds of resources, including fun recipes and activities the family can do together to show you the way to live a healthier lifestyle. We're not saying it's easy. We are saying that it can be done. Take the first step today. Call 1-866-359-3226 for a free We Can Parents Handbook. And be sure to visit the We Can website at wecan.nhlbi.nih.gov for free information, too. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. Andrew Zimmern calls Minneapolis home, but the Travel Channel star is known for eating bizarre foods and having adventures all around the world. I recently chatted with Zimmern about his travels, his passions, and his brand new show, Driven by Food. Well, the idea was was to take the 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 reality, the the actual nuts and bolts of traveling, um, and put that out there in a format. Um, that uh, was engaging and interesting as far as storytelling is concerned. And that's a, that's a really big challenge, and I like challenges. One of the problems with a lot of other travel television is that it appears to be more pat and set up than it really is. 
uh, Bizarre Foods, when we make that show, it's, it's not pat and set up, although it's very polished and edited and there's a lot of voiceovers, so it appears to be a lot smoother than it really is. And I think people who travel and who watch travel television are always looking for something a little grittier. I thought that the way to do that would be to actually do a more verite-driven show where I climb into the back of the cab and I don't know what's going to happen. Um, we, we live the life with our cab drivers as they're living with it. And we get insights into the cultures and communities that we wouldn't otherwise uh, be able to achieve. Uh, but I, I climb into the back of the cab and off I go. And to that point, you seem to be, based on your shows, pretty fearless when it comes to food and other endeavors. Where do you get that fearlessness from, or am I misreading it? Uh, no, it's it's actually the, the seminal statement about the last 20 years of my life. I, I'm very soft, pudgy, and fearful at home. <laughs> at home, I don't take many risks. I like to do what I want to do. Uh, I like things that happen on my time. Uh, I like to be in, on my couch in front of my television watching my shows. Um, I want to eat what I want to eat. I want to do what I want to do. It's, it's a very selfish uh, environment uh, at home for me. And I think most Americans are like that, even though I live with many other people in a home who, uh, you know, we, we call it a family here. Um, but in America, we're driven, we're, it's, it's a me-first society. It is a convenience-driven society. What I have found in 20 years of doing what I do for work is that when I'm on the road, I am more interested in other people than myself. I'm more curious. I'm, I take risks. I'm less risk-averse. Um, I'm willing to do all kinds of things. I'm, I'm a thrilled an engaged person on the road and the way that I've changed my life in America from being a selfish me first point of view is by learning these things on the road. I call it the transformative power of travel. And then I import them back into my life here in Minnesota. Um, I do things on the road. I would never do at home. I don't think I've ridden a bus in 20 years in America. Um, uh, if I'm in New York or you know, or Tokyo, I take a subway. I've never taken a bus, you know, but put me in the, in the mountains of Guatemala or El Salvador or Nicaragua, and I'll sit on a bus for 14 hours, not even knowing where I'm going with a 15-year-old kid driving who paid $5 for his license, um, and think nothing of it. Um, the adventure of being on the road drives a willingness and an aversion to risk that I think we all engage in when we travel. Um, we're more interested in other people. And that's why I wanted to do this show with cab drivers so that I could, you know, have a physical demonstration to our viewers of what it's like to engage with other people who don't uh, live life the way we do. I think as Americans, we need to understand the world more. And we don't, we're very ignorant of how the wor world works. Um, you can see it in this election cycle. We're, uh, uh, most Americans are ignorant of how Russia, China, Mexico, how those cultures operate, how those people live, what's important to them, what's going on in their country. And so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a great show 
to make on a hundred different levels because it allows us to really teach and inform and inspire and, of course, entertain. On those rare occasions when you're not working and you're at home, it's maybe 9.30 at night, you start feeling a little bit hungry. What do you do? Uh, Leftover Chinese food (laughs) uh, or a uh, single scrambled egg on a piece of toast and I'll grate some botarga over it. Very good. And in your new show, Driven by Food, you visit a chef in Rio, and uh, she essentially says that you have to kind of have a passion for cooking to be able to do it well. And so that kind of got me thinking uh, for maybe parents like myself out there who have to get a meal on the table every night. We don't always feel that passion. What advice do you have for us to keep things interesting as we're cooking for our families out here? I I would try to cook two new dishes that you've never cooked before every week. Um, I would try to uh, bundle a lot of cooking on Sundays and make it more of a family activity. And I would try to remember that the people that you're cooking for are the people that you love the most and that the greatest gift that you could give somebody is a healthy and, and well-cooked meal. Um, I would try to play some good music while you're doing it. And I would remember to try to cook things that you like. There's no sense in cooking spare ribs if you're a vegetarian, right? So if you don't like spicy Thai food, don't cook it. Uh, but if you love uh, a Mexican perco, uh, puerco cuisado verde, a pork shoulder cooked with green chilies and tomatillos, if you like Mexican food, go ahead and make it. It's, it's going to change your life. Well, again, you've been very generous with your time, and I'm <laughs> feeling like I need to go get something to eat now. So <laughs> thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. My thanks to Andrew Zimmern. That's going to do it for this week. Tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.